Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. Well, some of the wisest parenting advice I ever received wasn't even about parenting. Uh, Someone once told me that the best thing you can do for your kids is to love your spouse and strengthen your marriage. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, so often uh, our culture is centered on the child. The family is child-centric, if I can put it that way. The focus is making sure that my child succeeds and that my child is taken care of. But there's something not healthy about that perspective. That's so true, John. I remember early on uh, in my marriage, uh, we had, I had a coach. I went on a basketball trip, and uh, it, was, it was in college. And the coach said, I learned early in my marriage that I needed to find one thing to do each day for my spouse to make the day a better day for my spouse. And I learned that along the way, especially once I had kids. Uh, my wife has said a few times along our marriage, she said, hey, you're paying more attention to the kids than me. Your marriage can suffer, and if the marriage suffers, your home suffers. You don't have the energy, the, uh, the, the, the ability to pay attention to what is going on in your kids' lives in a good and healthy, balanced way. You begin to try to satisfy your own emotional emptiness through your kids. It puts too much pressure on that. They become your best friend instead of uh, your spouse, and it becomes unbalanced. And maybe it works for some people along the way, and it looks good, and you're going, man, I have a great relationship with my kids, and you, you don't feel that disconnection happening. But then once the kids leave or uh, a, a real bad thing begins to happen in your, in your home, maybe some stressful events financially, it begins to expose the cracked pieces mm-hmm. that have been formed by you only focusing on your children. Your children need to see a good marriage modeled, and you get to show that along the way for your kids. Okay, so this is a parenting podcast, but we have an emphasis on marriage today for the reasons Danny just described. You've got to prioritize your marriage um, even while you're parenting. So let's go ahead and listen now to a segment featuring a conversation with Jim Daly and me talking with Dr. David Clark. Uh, Dr. Clark is an author, a speaker, a licensed psychologist, and he offered some practical tips to strengthen your marriage. You know, in the book, you mentioned how critically important it is to keep your marriage first in the parenting effort. Mm. And we can all understand that. We could say, oh, yeah, we all agree. And then to actually do it is really tough because the kids can disrupt your, your marital bond. I mean, they work you. They pitch you against each other. So how do we make it practically correct that we can keep our marriage first? How do we do it? You you have a series of conversations where you make it clear. The Bible's clear on this. Genesis 2.24, the one flesh relationship, Ephesians 5.25, our marriage is number one. No matter what the situation, traditional family, blended family, our marriage is top of the food chain. I told my kids growing up, we love you dearly. I love your mother more. How can you love mom more? I do. Check the Bible. I will read the verses. Ah, they didn't care. Because you're leaving at some point. Exactly. And she ain't. She's staying here, <laughs> God willing. <laughs> That's critically important. Because even, even good kids, they want their way. Culture's tugging on them. They want to do this and that. And they know exactly what each of you are like. And if there's any room between you, they're going to exploit it. Oh, yeah. They're good at that. They it's are amazing. Masters. You offer three questions that we should ask our spouse uh, to gauge our priorities. What are those? 
First one is, look, and this is, this is being very honest, honey, what is above you on my priority list? And you need from to her exp- or his perspective. Yeah, from her perspective. What is more important than you? Now, if I was asking the blonde that, and it's still this is my big bugaboo is work. I'm a workaholic. Hello, my name is Dave, and I'm a workaholic. I am. And so that would be what she would answer often when I asked her that. Oh, So the second question is, okay, what, what can I do to fix that, to make you more important than that priority? And either the woman or the, or the man, they'll have ideas. Well, try this, try that stuff they've been dying to tell you, or they've been telling you, and you've been ignoring them. And then the final thing is, look, ongoing here, let's continue to, I, I give you permission to call me out anytime you see the priority slipping, you call me out on it and I will fix it. Huh. Describe that um, for us because sometimes the mission of parenting is so critically important and we want our kids to follow the Lord and, you know, that we can forego making our marriage the most important and it seems reasonable, logical, yeah. correct. I mean... Yeah. But how do we regain our equilibrium to say, wait a minute, this isn't quite the way we should be doing this? Well, one parent will usually figure it out first, and then you know, we're a little off balance here. Because parenting demands so much time and attention and effort and prayer and, and all the things involved in it, so you can easily focus on your kids too much. When a child, the real problem is, and we had this with one of our kids, really had a problem in middle school. When there's real acting out and there's a real issue, then it's, it's almost like the marriage gets suspended and all, you know, everything goes to that child. Now, that's a mistake. Because you're losing your effectiveness. You've got to continue to keep the marriage strong. Yeah. But if you're, for the couple taking that inventory, maybe tonight after hearing this, they're mm-hmm. sitting together going through that list. What, what does it look like when it's out of kilter? Help the couple that's maybe blinded and they don't even see that they're kid centric as opposed to marriage centric. You, you've lost your coupleness, you've lost your romance and your passion. You don't go out on dates. Or if you do, you're dumb enough to take one of your kids. What is the matter with you? It's or like to... the Waltons. Stop. Yeah. They're always around. <laughs> no, you go out and you don't lose your romance. And you, you're not going out two, I say minimum, two weekends a year. You need to get away from your kids. If you've got grandparents, grandparents are for dumping the kids on. They'll love them. They'll spoil them. <laughs> and you need to use them. But what if they give them too much sugar? Well, who cares? They'll survive. <laughs> That's what grandparents are for. Right, I have exactly. never said no to my three grandkids, and I never will. <laughs> Five people just turned the radio yeah. off. They probably the did. Tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that the uh, the calendar can be a real good representation of maybe a marriage that's out of whack because we've got soccer and we've got these lessons and we've got that and this and that. And I may be guilty of not scheduling the time with my spouse. Right. Each week you need to have time apart from the kids connecting and talking. And most parents aren't doing that. And they think, well, you know what? We have to get through the parenting thing. And then once they're okay, we can get to back to our marriage. Yeah. No, there won't be a marriage to go back to. The empty nest. I'm seeing a high divorce rate in my practice and other councils across the country at the empty nest stage. Kids are finally gone. It's just you and I. We got nothing. Yeah, a while back, I think it was Wall Street Journal said that's the number one category of divorce. The graying of divorce, they call it, is the yep. empty, early empty nesters. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. So you work on the marriage now. We used to put our kids, we locked our little kids in their rooms because they kept coming out. Sandy reversed the locks. <laughs> I'll never forget the night. They're running around four kids and we're trying to have a couple talk time. Ah, she said, we can reverse the locks and put the twisty on the outside. I said, I've married a genius. <laughs> it was a moment of beautiful clarity. We locked them in. We said, visiting hours, like, like at the zoo, visiting hours are over. <laughs> Whoa. I said, if you want your door open, we're reasonable people. 
Because kids worship the hall light. It's always about the hall light. Yeah. I have to see the hall light. It's like a sun god to them. Okay, if you want the hall light, you can stare at it all night long and burn your retinas out. I don't care as long as you're quiet. <laughs> I won't be sleeping. Could care less. Or just be quiet. Stay and so we would lock good. them in sometimes because we were building a marriage. So some of our listeners may know that we have six kids, and um, I think over the years we didn't set some of those boundaries that Dr. Mm. Clark was talking about. We did not um, make the marriage a priority like we should have, and as a result, um, the past few years have been rebuilding years for for my wife and me. Mm. We've been able to really lean in and kind of uh, take back that which we gave away to the kids. Danny, there are boundaries uh, for prioritizing marriages, and we heard some from Dr. Clark. I wonder if you have any you might share with our listeners. Well, that's a good-sized family, by the way, John. It's it, <laughs> it us, yeah. A lot of uh, pulling of good. attention, right? Uh, wow, that, that would be—there th- are families that are large. There are families that are small, and still this is an issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's other things that pull our attention as well. Uh, I, I remember talking to my son and my daughter early in in their development that they get to participate in the success of our marriage by encouraging and praying for us in our marriage, oh. and we'll do the same for them as they get as they get older. They're a part of the economy of our love relationship between my my wife and I, and that is at times understanding that we need to spend time together. And there are going to be moments where we say, I can't talk right now because I'm going to talk to your mom. Or say, my wife will say, I need to talk to your dad right now. So that has to wait. Kids have to learn how to wait mm-hmm. and learn prioritization of conversations. And the husband-wife conversations can be very important. And some of the things kids want, even though their emotions are flaring up, can wait. Kids have to learn that early in their life so that they learn how to have relationship with people. And we get to teach that as parents. One of the things that we've had as a goal in our home is to set, put on the calendar, we are going to go on a date this week. And it seems so simple, yet so hard. We're not perfect at that. We're still working on Mm -hmm. it. There's things that come up that are very important or urgent or sickness comes up, and then you don't go on the date. And uh, but our kids need to see that we are resetting that each week and wanting to go on a date and for them to encourage for us to go on that date, especially when they're teenagers. I realize early on in kids lives, uh, you have to be creative on what your date looks like when they're super young. Still carve that out as a time where you put your phones away, you're prioritizing uh, and and also maybe the simple things like writing cards Uh, writing notes to your spouse, bringing flowers, that shows that you are prioritizing uh, your spouse. And around uh, birthdays, Christmas times, things like that, uh, find ways to involve your kids in your surprise for your spouse. Uh, That that way they can see that you're taking time to think about your spouse and prioritizing that even financially. Well, I appreciate that. And just a little uh, footnote here. So there was a time when we had two adult kids who had moved back in with us for a season. Mm. And I finally had to sit them down and say, here's a boundary. You need to move out. Mom and I need some space, okay? Mm-hmm. For our marriage, we need some space. Yeah. So even at the uh, older ages, you can be helping with boundaries, but start earlier. It's a lot easier if you start younger, isn't it, Danny? Oh, it is. And even as, as simple as taking a walk together yeah. and your kids 
are not on that walk. They're watching you walk off hand in hand. That's right. That's good modeling. Well, here at Focus on the Family, we want to help you thrive in your marriage and in your parenting relationships. And we have several resources to help. A great place to start is uh, Dr. Clark's book, uh, a fun, lighthearted a book filled with valuable advice, Parenting is Hard and Then You Die, a fun but honest look at raising kids of all ages right. And uh, we're making that available to you as our thank you gift when you make a donation to Focus on the Family of any amount. Help us do this ministry uh, through podcasts, articles, websites, and so much more. And uh, when you contribute, we'll say thanks by sending the book to you. Uh, also, I'd point out Danny's book, The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, which really is uh, foundational advice for parenting a a child of any age, and you can get that directly from us here. We're going to have links for donations and both of those books in the episode notes, or call 800-the-letter-A-and-the-word-family to find out more. Next time, advice for maintaining your relationship with your teenager when they're doing things you don't approve of. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.